It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is now in session. You found us via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For episode 89, you probably know my voice by now. My name is Jake Elliott. How's it going? Thanks for joining us. My co-host this week, I'm super excited about my co-host this week. Thanks to Austin Owens last week. This week, he is a friend of mine. He is a broadcaster that has called more NLL games than I believe any other man on the planet. Maybe with the exception of John Gertler, we still have not decided that. He is the director of lacrosse operations, I believe, for the Rochester Nighthawks. Also, the voice of the Nighthawks. And also, the 2020 Tom Borelli Award winner, Craig Rubzinski on the program. Ripper, I'm pumped to have you on the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Congratulations on winning the Borelli, my friend. Uh, thanks so much. It was a it's a huge honor. Um, it's great to finally, uh, you know, to be on your show. And um, when I was up against uh, yourself and Teddy Jenner, I was very nervous because you're both very deserving every year of winning that award. So it was uh, it was a big surprise for me to win that. Well, I know it, it wasn't. It's a surprise to me that you had never won it before, being a guy that's been around this league for. Well, what do you tell me, Craig? What twenty? It's got to be close to twenty years. Uh, this was my twenty-first season in the NLL. <laughs> Over three hundred games called. Is that do you know? Do you know your exact number? I think right now it's in the three seventies. Right now. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, you've been with the Nighthawks for a long, long time, and and I know there was a little bit of trepidation on your part when the the sale happened to the Pagula family, and Styers was off to Halifax, and you've been with uh, with that organization so long, and you didn't really know what uh, the trend, but you managed to navigate your way through it and, and stick with the Nighthawks, and. With the new group coming in there, Ripper, what was uh, what was last season like with that new group and Dan Carey? And, and uh, I know Hazen's still there, but some new coaches and just a, a lot of new faces around Blue Cross Arena. Well, I looked at it as a, as a fresh start. You know, Dan, I've known Dan Carey for a long time as a player and briefly as an executive. And uh, I was so blessed that he, uh, that he brought me in. Um, you know, Dan and I... I I think you'd say the same thing. Um, formed a pretty good team um, in the lacrosse operations end. Uh, it was it was a change for me because I'd been the director of communications for a long, long time, for almost two decades. So learning, um, you know, player payroll and the luxury tax, and you know, being more adept at uh, the CBA, and it's just a lot of different things that you have to uh, you have put on your plate, plus travel and immigration. Um, I took that, uh, I took that on with Dan's assistance, um, as well. So, um, but it was a lot of fun. I, I think probably now I've, I've been in almost every area of the lacrosse business and I found it really exciting and it really re-energized me, um, and got me really excited about, uh, about this season. You know, there's very few people that get to build something from the ground up. And to be a part of that was uh, very exciting. And I imagine very important for you to continue calling Nighthawks games. But it's funny, you you move into kind of an executive role with the team, and then you win the, the media award. So I, I don't know what's next for you, for you Craig. But uh, congratulations on, on the Borelli. Well-deserved. And, and hopefully more to come for you. And, and I know Teddy and I, both having won before, we're – ultra pumped for for you to to get your first after that long so congratulations on that welcome to the podcast here we got uh, we've been kind of doing the theme you know like whoever's in the area if we got a vancouver guy on we have a vancouver guest on buffalo guy on buffalo guest on so rochester guy on rochester guest coming and uh newly inked to a long-term deal, I would guess I would say, as uh, Baby Evie, Shawnee Evans on the program. I'm going to look forward to this conversation here coming up in about 20 minutes. Yeah, Sean is um, – I knew Sean when we first drafted him. 
Um, and then obviously he went uh, to a couple other teams. <laughs> yeah, you've seen Calgary. the full circle with Sean Evans, really coming in as just a young pup, and then off he goes to Calgary and, and Buffalo and New England, and you see him return this kind of grizzled veteran. That's going to be kind of neat to see the evolution of Sean Evans from his draft year to now late in his career, but still a very effective player. Yeah, I mean, you know, you it's kind of like watching uh I don't want to say a son grow up, but almost like that way. <laughs> yeah, that he, was, he was like you know, he's 18 years old and you know, when I when I get him back, he's he's a grown man and he's got you know, he's married and he has a bunch of kids and he's running his own lacrosse business and crazy. You know, we sit back and just laugh and just see how, you know, how things have gone, you know, the past 10, 15 years and how much we've matured and our lives have changed yeah. and what our priorities are. So Evie is still Evie. He's still a fun loving guy that loves lacrosse. And when he's on the floor and he's on your team, you love him. And when he plays against you, some people don't like him. Oh, so. <laughs> I think when you say some, you mean everybody. And, and it's funny, you know, yeah. we, we got it. We, we got a bit of a group chat going and, and I mentioned that we were going to have Sean Evans on, and we started talking Sean Evans, and, and you look at the production for him and what he's been able to accomplish over his career, and then you kind of look at it and to think that he's done it at the size that he's done it, and then you think not only does he do it at the size he's at, but the kind of game, the type of game that he plays at the size he plays you look at the point totals, you look at the championships and all the rest of it, but then you look at the penalty minutes as well, and you kind of just go like, holy crap. Like, I wonder, this is the question, would Sean Evans have as many points as he does if he didn't spend as much time in the penalty box as he did, or would that point total go down if he didn't play the way that he does that's going to rack him up some pins over the years? Do you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. I, Me I think too. if you take away that physical, yeah, that physicalness, that presence on the floor, you know, get under your skin, and that really kind of defines him as a player. And I think it's earned a lot of respect from other defenders around the league where they may kind of back off a little bit whenever he starts, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, hacking and whacking up. <laughs> absolutely man absolutely and and hey like listen when it's all said and done you look at the totals right now you look how well evans is still producing and number 11 in, in buffalo bandit colors is not that far off in the horizon i, I think he's gonna run him down how about you well again if he if you know i know that he's more committed now than, than ever before to uh you know staying in shape and and uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. If he can do that, um, I think he's got a shot at uh, at JT. Crazy, great. And, and when and JT, like I mean, people were going like that'll never be touched. It'll never be touched. And you look and and man, it's you start doing the math. He's got a shot. He's got a legit shot to do it. So we'll talk to Evie here coming up. Uh, we got quick sticks. We're gonna go under review. We got who you got as we move in to round number two before we get into who we had here rip uh what you're you're in rochester maybe in a suburb of rochester but like in the month of july no nll going on right now what is that what is a weekend in the life of krebs kaczynski look like in rochester in july when when nothing's happening what do you what, what what do you do in your off time well, if there was no COVID nineteen, I'd be traveling with my uh, my oldest son for his AAU basketball team. But unfortunately, they have not played a game yet, um, so just practicing. Um, so we do that, and then we have a pool um, that has usually been one of the thorns in my side every summer. But this year, I've actually kept the pool um, free of algae. Okay. Um, so we're we're in it. I think every day. Um, me, I have two, two boys, 12 and seven. One is um, a great name. If I, if I'm not mistaken, right? What's that? I said one of them has a great name if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Jacob who <laughs> refers to himself as Jake. There you go. Not Jacob anymore. There you Jake. go. Yes. So yeah, Jake and Carter. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Good names there. Uh, you got like diving board, you got the slide, you got the, like the volleyball net put up there. What, uh, what kind of pool are we talking about? Uh, above ground, but we have a, uh, a mini hoop. Okay. 
that we kind of uh, put up at the side of the pool and raised it so the kids can shoot hoops. Uh, my little guy is still learning how to swim, um, so he finds that a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, what little brothers do, they always bug the big brother, so he's always catching them with a squirt gun in the eye or something. So it's, <laughs> I'm trying yeah, well, I'm trying only, to be sir, Craig. I, I I've only been to Rochester a couple of times, but I really like not so like I don't even know like the downtown area is is what it is. But I think like the areas and surrounding Rochester are are fabulous. Like I really enjoyed my time uh, when I was there. When the swarm are rolling through, um, let's get into this here, Craig. We got uh, four. Fights to clean up. We need to punch the four final entrants into round number two here as uh, the final four fights of round one are in the books. And, man, there were some dandies in this one, some real tight votes. And holy cow, did the voters ever turn out this week. I got to let you know. That Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear, proud sponsor of the program, open right now. New store hours, Monday to Saturday. Check the website, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Riding gear, hats, boots, jeans, whatever you need for the weather elements that are out there right now. Maybe you're doing a little boating, you need a little sun hat. They got it all. Stampede.ca. Open 24-7 is the online store, and it's still shopping local when you shop online. As uh, Well, let's let's start with, with this one here, Ripper. Uh, a tough one for yours truly in, in round one, but uh, if, you're, if you're just joining the program and you really don't know what's happening here, this is exactly why I matched myself up with one Psycho McMichael here. I figured... I just wanted to be in the tournament, and I, you know, I wasn't looking to go deep in this, so I gave myself a super tough matchup. So if I lost, there was no shame in losing whatsoever. I, I bow out with no misconceptions here at all, and and I got to drive uh, this man's son a little crazy over the week here. It got close, but over 500 votes for this, Rip. I could not believe it. 60-40, the percentage, as Scotty Psycho McMichael knocks me out in, uh, I want to say, the 11th round. A cut just too severe to to continue fighting, and and, uh, White Towel was thrown in here. Well, you not only got the most votes, but you had you definitely paired yourself up against the the toughest opponent there. It was uh, it's interesting. I did some research and to go against a guy that was called pound for pound the toughest player in uh, in lacrosse is uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that, again that, uh, exactly why I picked uh, picked Mr. McMichael to match up against. And the the stories are absolutely legendary of of his prowess when it came. To, to do and work with the gloves off and a heck of a player as well. Jersey retired there in Brooklyn. Uh, so Scotty McMichael into round two, and he will fight the winner of this next scrap here, Ripper. Uh, Derek Graham, Grammar as they used to call him, going up against a, a guy that I know you're familiar with and, and Kyle Laverty, who led the NLL in penalty mounts for a long, long time. Grammar, tough customer, but he's gone in round one as well as Laverty gets through with over 60% of the vote here. He's moving on, and, and now he's got to fight McMichael. Good luck. Yeah, Lambs was with us for four years. Um, before that, he played for a long time uh, as a Buffalo Bandit. Very tough, gritty. Um, I'd actually have liked to have seen that, uh, that fight between him and Graham. I mean, yeah. Derek was always... Yeah. <laughs> Derek uh, got two championships off us in 99 and 2000 when he played for the Toronto Rock, and he's one tough customer himself. So, Absolutely. I knew that uh, very intimately. We had a good scrap out in North Shore back in the, the late, late 90s, me and Grammar. So he is done. I am done. Laverty and McMichael are through. Two down, two to go here. And, and this man was a late addition to the card. I He, like, favored at a tweet, and I said to myself, oh, like, how did I not have this guy in? So I put him in. I scratched another guy, but he is gone in round one. Is Big Mo, Jeff Molesky, another tight vote here. I think it was like 51%, if I'm not mistaken, as Molesky gets past Brody Burkoff in, in round one. This was a heck of a fight. I was going to say, would you call that a little bit of an upset? 
I mean, I know I don't think I would because Molesky, man, like, I mean, again, that guy could like chop down oak trees with his bare hands. Like he is about as manly as you can get. I, I watched him just destroy Danny Coates one night when a big time mismatch. And, and like, I think Molesky was the kind of peep, the guy that like, you just, you didn't ask him to fight because you knew the kind of damage he could inflict. So he didn't have to fight much. Cause I think guys were just like, I don't want to fight Molesky. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And then we've got, what, one more coming up? Yeah, one uh, last one here. And, and again, another late addition coming into the, to the bracket here. Chet Kinesnia uh, had to scratch uh, to the advice of one Russell Kruger, who said, you get, like, I haven't seen Mike Coyle in, in the, the bracket yet. And I said, oh, well, I said, I got a lot of Orangeville guys in here. I don't know if I can add another one. I might have to. So Chet got scratched for Mike Coyle here. And maybe a good thing that he did because he comes out on top here. Again, almost 150 votes in this one. But Mike Coyle edging out Dane Meeshow with 52% of the vote. This one was neck and neck the entire week. And some late votes coming in gets Coyle through to round two. Yeah, 137 votes. That's uh, that's a pretty good. I remember uh, Dane when he played with the Calgary Roughnecks back in uh, 2011. So yeah, um, one of those guys that just snapped like he was a snapper. You know what I mean? Like pretty calm, nice yeah. guy, and then all of a sudden the switch would go and and, and look out. The crazy eyes would come out. So that uh, that is it for round number one. I, I, I kind of feel like I want to run this down here for you. Uh, the 32 guys that remain in – you ready for this? Like here is, is who is left, and I'm going to go through this quickly because we don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Brody McDonald, Ward Sanderson, Paul Dawson, Jamie Hackle, Rory Smith, Daryl Singbell, Tim Bomberry, Rob DeZormo, Matt Green, Billy D. Smith, Dan Latasseur, Jeff Snyder, Kyle McEwen, Steve Priolo, Mike Messenger, Tim O'Brien. That's one side of the bracket. Mike Coyle, Jeff Molesky, Kyle Laverty, Scotty McMichael, Thomas Hayek, Scott Campbell, Patty Campbell, Nick Bielich, Brody Merrill, Chris Kinnear, Daniel Amesbury, Andrew Souter, Miles General, Rob Williams, Matt Beers, and Andy Ogilvie. Those are your final 32 fighters. This thing is about to get wild as we move into round two. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be real tough to pick a winner out of those 32. Oh. There's a lot of character. <laughs> I'm telling you, like you could make a case for almost any one of those guys to win this tournament. And only one is going to do it, and, and I can't wait to find out who it's going to be. So we'll have four. I'm going to pick four fights out of those uh, remaining 32 guys there and, and just kind of just start picking fights over the next couple of weeks here, and, and we'll work our way to a winner. Quarter number one is done, Ripper. That was uh, how easy it is. We got baby Evans. Sean Evans coming up from the Rochester Nighthawks. Just signed a new contract. We're going to talk about it all here coming up in quarter two of episode 89. Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Jason Noble from the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NFL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, Lax Class, Episode 89, Vancouver Warriors, NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram, VancouverWarriors.com, on the old website, hashtag nothing's offside, still waiting for the new ticket packages to to roll out, but uh, Vancouver in the news today, making a trade, we'll talk about that on Quick Sticks coming up in quarter Number three, but uh, thanks to our friends at the Vancouver Warriors uh, for sponsoring 
the podcast. Jake Kelly, Craig Garzinski with you. And now join, I said off the top long-term deal. It's actually just a one-year deal. I got all my, my contract. There are a lot of contracts coming in this week. But one-year deal uh, for Mr. Sean Evans, who is on uh, the phone, back on the podcast. Shawnee, thanks for doing this. How are you, man? Not too bad. Thanks for having me back. Excited right. to be on here, especially with Noel Cross being on. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, we were just kind of talking about that before we hit the record button. It's really odd to go through a summer with no lacrosse for, for me and you. Um, but you're just getting off uh, a little work. And I asked you if it was with Nationwide Lacrosse. You said, no, it's a new job. Officer Evans, apparently, is what I have to call you now. Now have joined the – you're in the Peterborough Police Force now. Yes, I just started a new job, so a new career there. So I'm pretty excited about it. Who's, uh, who's the first guy you want to go arrest? Maybe your brother? No, no, no. I can't be, I can't be doing that. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a special constable, so I'm just working uh, in the courts around here. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on the the new one year deal. And, and Craig and I were talking off the top of the show that he kind of attributed it to watching one of his, you know, like illegitimate sons grow up. He watched he get drafted to the Nighthawks organization as a 18, 19 year old, and then. Off you went to Calgary and New England and Buffalo and, and make the return to Rochester nearing the later portion of your career here, I would say. And and he's kind of seen the evolution of Sean Evans, the lacrosse player, and Sean Evans, the man, as well as you've turned yourself into a father and all the rest of it. Uh, that's kind of neat to, to reconnect you two like that after such a long period of time. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know. You know, I first met Ripper um, when I first got drafted in 2006 with the Rochester Nighthawks. So it's been a long journey. It's been a long, I think, around 17 years. I think this will be going into my 17th uh, season. Um, you know, playing in Rochester for my first six years. Um, you know, winning a championship there. And then going off to Calgary and, and, and making some more memories in Calgary. And then, yeah, obviously those other cities that I've been to, which I, I've had, a, I've had a, a great career so far. And uh, I've enjoyed every moment of it. So... Definitely a lot of changes, you know, um, in Rochester and meeting my wife and having some kids. Um, now I got a full household of kids here now throughout the, throughout my career. So, you know, I'm very blessed, very happy um, to have uh, that kind of career and have a, a family like I do. So, you know, it's just uh, another stepping stone. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for another year in Rochester. So, Abby, uh, first of all, happy seventh wedding anniversary. Thank you very much. Thank you for adding that in there. <laughs> that's what, what happens when you're a facebook friend of mine what a day that's right make an okay, appearance on lax class and it's your anniversary that's that's a big day right there i gotta I got, I got get the wife on here so she can see me throwing her a little prop there maybe yeah, give me some, get uh, her to tune points. in get her to tune in maybe even subscribe if uh she's feeling frisky absolutely so so shawnee um going back to those early days in rochester you referred to your the championship in 07 Talk about the, the early days in the NLL. You know, you got to play with uh, one of your brothers. Uh, how fond do you uh, look back at the uh, 2007 team now and and realize what a special group of players you had there? Uh, you know, just by you saying that, it gives me a little bit of goosebumps. But, you know, it was honestly, it was amazing. You know, amazing to come in with the, with the group of players that I had. Um, I had a veteran group. Um, when, I, when I showed up there, you know, obviously playing with my brother was awesome. Uh, great memories that we shared, but you know, also playing with guys like John Grant Jr., Sean Williams, Steve Toll, Kenny Millen, um, Pat O'Toole, you know, Mike Hazen, who was my captain, who's my coach now. Um, it's just funny how you, you know those guys I played with, and you know those guys that are still coaching me right now. So it's um, you know some of those moments, memories that you you hold with you, and uh, you just enjoyed the process of, of you know being a kid in the league and and learning from these older guys and. And just enjoying the moment, um, you know, I learned so much from those guys, and uh, it, was, it was pretty exciting, you know, especially winning in 2007, and uh, you know, to you know get a championship early was great because you realize how hard they're 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 to come by now, especially missing out on two of them. Um, let me recall 07. I I know Peterborough was out here, or yeah, Peterborough was out in Coquitlam for the Man Cup that year. I think that was the first manner I called. I think you were a call-up player for that, Roth. Did you win the Minto Cup in New West that year as well with Six Nations in 07? Yeah, I, I won the Minto Cup in uh, 07 in New West. 
Um, the year before, I won the Man Cup uh, with Peterborough, and then the, the national championship with Rochester. So, <laughs> not, it's kind of a not a bad. Year. Kind of a, <laughs> oh my god! It, it was a good year. It was a good year. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Speaking with Sean Evans here, and. and you know, something we were talking about in, in kind of the group chat that I got, Shawnee, is is how and I like I, I keep kind of struggling for a way to to put this eloquently, but when you look at your point totals and then you look at your penalty minute totals, do you ever think what your totals would be if you didn't have those penalty minutes? Like for me and and even Ripper, we talked about this. Like, I think they go hand in hand. I don't think you put up the numbers that you do or did or have. If you didn't play the type of game that you play that gets you those penalty minutes sometimes, but do you ever think like, if you didn't have all those minutes in the penalty box, do you think you would have more points or less points? Uh, you know, I, I don't really think about that. I think about the style of play that I play, I play. And, you know, a lot of those things that I did was, you know, based on situations happening on the floor and, and my teammates. You know, I think it's important that, you know, you stick up for your teammates. You, you show them how much you, can, you care for them and, and you battle for them and, and you know, and that you're there for them. And, you know, some of those some of those payments came from that and, and situations that happened. But obviously, maybe if I was out of the box – a little bit, maybe I had a few more points, but that's 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 here to take. But uh, you know, obviously, those are the moments that that's what made me as a player. You know, when I first came in the league, you had stars like John Grant, my brother Scott Evans, Sean Williams, um, that were putting the ball, points up and wanting the ball in their stick, and and I had to find a different role. And you know, I think good players find different ways to you know be a part of the team, and um, and then find a way for to help their team win. And you know, it wasn't me having the ball; it was more me being gritty and, and playing my role and grabbing extra loose balls and getting those loose balls to create things on the floor. So I don't, uh, I don't take back anything in that I did. Um, obviously, you know, there's times that, you know, I've been a little bit feisty and, and got in little scrums and, and situations where I did some wax <laughs> in there, here and there. But, uh, you know, it's part of the game, you know, I guess I, I take a lot more wax than, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys because uh, of how I play. So, you know, I think it's a give and take kind of situation, but maybe some of you guys don't think the same way. Wow! But um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't take back anything. You know, it's, it's a, that's what made me as a player. I've always been that type of player. So, you know, when when people say you know you don't need to do that anymore, but it, it's just in my can't in help my it. Genes and, can't help it. Yeah, I can't. I can't help it. I, I like I like to win. I like to see success from my teammates and my team. Yeah. Uh, speaking with Sean, I mean, and the fight card that you have to your to your resume is nothing to sneeze at either. And for me, I think that's what is the most impressive thing out of it all, Sean, is to to look at the numbers and everything else, but to do to play the game that you play at the size that you play it and the way you play it. That 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 is to me the most impressive thing out of it all. And and I think at the end of the day, and and we'll get off the stats and the numbers here in a second, Shawnee, but. Like you, you and Dan Dawson are going to go down as as the best right-handers to ever do it. Do you? And I probably know the answer to this, but do you ever kind of look at the numbers and and think I'm going to run down John Tavares before it's all said and done? No, not really. I, I never, you know, I just kept playing. You know, I, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed playing with my teammates. And obviously, now that I get older, like I never looked at that stuff uh, in my younger days. And obviously. In, Obviously, the past few years, you kind of look look at it a little bit more as I get older, and realizing how close you kind of are getting to that kind of, uh, I kind of realize how many years that I've actually been playing. But uh, it's uh, one of those things that I have looked at in the, in the past few years, uh, as you know, as people keep on reminding me about numbers. But uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's something that would be a huge accomplishment. But you know, obviously, I just continue to play at the top level, continue to produce, and and, and hopefully help my team be successful and. Uh, if you're doing those little things right and you're making that happen, then I think those points will come. And, and if, it, if it happens to come to, you know, those records, uh, so be it. Let kind of fate fall in place there. But, um, you know, just one step at a time and one year at a time right now to keep myself healthy. And, uh, you know, like like I said, like John Tavares is a, is a hell of a player. I, I've co- I played against him, played with him, and he coached me in Buffalo for uh, two years there. And, uh you know, obviously the guy's a legend and a hell of a teammate and and a great player. So to be up there with numbers with him would be just just a huge accomplishment. So Sean, you talked about being at you know a different stage of your career. 
you come to Rochester uh, this year, first overall pick in the expansion draft. Uh, what's your mindset when you come into uh, to a team that's got so many rookies? I wasn't too much of a mindset. I thought I took it as a challenge. Um, it's one of those things that you kind of take that you, ha- you have a little extra motivation to, to challenge yourself to you know, overcome the situation that you're in. Obviously, we're an expansion team, new players. Um, you know, everyone counting us out because we're a new team. And, you know, I love that stuff. I love that that's being the underdog situation. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought Dan Carey and uh, the coaching staff that we had did an awesome job of um, putting our team together and, and put the right players in place. Um, I thought we, we could have been better as we kind of blew a couple of one-goal leads in, in different situations where a record could have been better during that uh, start of the season. But, you know, overall, we never quit as a team, which was a huge thing to see as a new team. Um, and, you know, I want to see good things happening. I think uh, the right room, the right moves are being made. And it's just uh, in a stepping stone. You know, I was you know, being a younger kid coming in. I'm just trying to also lead by example, being an older guy now in the league to the younger players that are on my team. Because you know, I, find I find the league's got a lot younger, a lot more younger players coming in the league. So I'm just trying to help out in that way as I can, plus – Let's produce and, and help my team out anyway. I know you, you mentioned Sean Williams and, and Junior. I, who were some of the guys that you really – I imagine your big brother Scott as well growing up that, that you looked up to him. But who, who were some of the veteran guys throughout the NLL that really had an influence on your career? Well, definitely uh, I would say Sean Williams had a, a big influence. He was a, he was a great teammate. We drove all the way up together. You know, my brother had a huge uh, you know, huge part of it as well. You know, also having a brother on the line, he, was, he had my back everything that I did. So, you know, those guys there, you know, like John Grant, basically everyone on my team, Mike Hazen, yeah. being from uh, you know, a captain that uh, didn't say too much, but led by example um, on the floor and had a little mean streak to him, but he didn't say too much. So little stuff like that, that you recognize the kid that you take with you. And, you know, obviously watching like John Tavares play, you know, Gavin Throat play, um, you know, the great players on, on other teams. I always watched them and watched how they did and, and, and kind of seen how they play. And I, I kind of took parts from every single one of those players just to, you know, kind of overall make myself a little bit better. You know, I, I was a guy that kind of watched and, and kind of um, and, and took it in. So, Sean, um, you talked about some of the players that uh, that had an influence on you. So you come to a team, you know, obviously Azer's the head coach, Pat O'Toole and Matt Giles are the assistant coaches. You've played with all of them. How different are their personalities on on the floor when they played, and now to uh, where they're behind the bench? Um, it's not too much different. You know, they're always um, smart lacrosse players, um, always great leaders. They've always been leaders on teams that I, I played with them um, and played against them. So, you know what? When uh, when they speak up, you listen. That's what I've always been taught, and especially coming from guys that. Uh, you have accomplished so much in the game of lacrosse. Um, it's only important to, to listen. And, um, you know, they're, they're coaching, they're a coaching staff that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't say too much, but when they do speak, you listen. And, uh, to have that and have that respect, um, is, is something, uh, something that you, you take with you and something that you listen to overall. And I know as a team, it goes a long way. Last one here for you, Sean Evans. Uh, let you get a little plug in for your lacrosse company, Nationwide Lacrosse. I know crazy times with COVID nineteen, coronavirus uh, has made things pretty difficult for for companies like yourself to to get things done. But what's happening with Nationwide, and and maybe what's on the horizon uh, for the kids? Yeah, absolutely, definitely tough uh, tough time with Nationwide um, through COVID, but. Um... You know, we uh, we had to shut down for a little bit there during all this pandemic, but right now we're getting back going here now, and uh, we got some group clinics um, about to start up here this week um, with uh, Turner Evans running it um, with um, with four or five different groups, some uh, development programs, some elite programs, and then um, also our winter league that's going to be coming up uh, in the in the fall time. You know, we're looking forward to that. I think kids are looking forward to getting back because their season's been canceled, so. We're going to have a nice winter league um, coming up as well that kids can look forward to and then get our school programs back in, uh, in full effect. You know, I think it's important that, you know, us going out teaching in schools and, and growing the game of lacrosse and, uh, and you know, teaching the kids that never played before is a huge part of, of our culture and, and definitely the culture of, you know, Canada's uh, national summer sport and where the game comes from. 
So just getting back in the groove of things, um, especially being up, but, you know, good things are coming. Good to hear. Couldn't say it better. Uh, hey, man, congratulations on the contract once again. Uh, keep the, the streets or maybe the courts of, of Peterborough safe uh, right now, Officer Evans. Uh, all the best to the family, and we'll look forward to, to seeing you back out at Blue Cross Arena on the turf uh, sooner than later. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk. I'll see you guys soon. All right, there you go. There's Shawnee Evans of the Rochester Nighthawks. Sounds like he's got his police radio on all of a sudden here, Ripper. Let's take a quick break. Let's get into quarter three. Quick sticks under review coming up on episode 89 of Lax Class here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Austin Owens from the Lacrosse Flash, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back we are on episode 89 of Lax Class Associated Labels and Packaging Associated LP, focusing on people, focusing on ethics, focusing on quality and uh, family owned down there in Coquitlam as well. Actually got a text from the, the big boss at Associated Labels and Packaging. Big 49ers fan is Sean Ashworth. I am a big Seahawks fan. Uh, so our, our text conversations get pretty heated during the, the fall months. Uh, but he, he, sent, he sent me like a meme that was like, don't, don't be shy to wear your 49ers COVID mask. There's people out there walking around in Seahawks merchandise. Uh, so that was the meme he sent me. I, I said I'd rather maybe. Well, I'm not even gonna say what I said. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support here on the podcast. Quarter three means quick sticks and under review. We'll do quick sticks first. Now, Ripper, I mentioned uh, Evans. I said long-term at the start. It was a one-year deal. That's because I had three years written down on my quick sticks here. You've corrected me on that. I could be off on a couple of these others, but I am just going to rip through these signings here from the NLL. You can go to the transactions page. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm going to do it anyways. Things got out of control. I want to keep everybody up to date. I don't think each week is going to be like this, but I didn't want to leave anybody out either. I'm going to stop rambling and just tell you that all these guys have signed contracts. Are we ready? Here we go. Zach Greer, one year. Gobrecht, one. Barclay, one. Q, one. Blaze Reardon, two. Isaiah Davis Allen, two years. Riley O'Connor, one. Joel Tinney, one. Joel White, one. Nardella, three. Malcolm, one. Thornburg, one. Reza Terrets, two. Logan, three. That's Ty Logan, not Logan Shuss. Manny, one year. Evans, one year. Hogarth, two years. White, one year. Lindner, two years. Did I say white twice? I think I did. Lindner, two years. There's only one white. Pearson, one year. Killen traded to Vancouver for a second rounder. Finley to the Riptide for a fourth rounder. Skigliano, two years. Kiernan, one year. Bennett, one year. And I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? Oh, David Brock traded to Halifax for a couple of draft picks from Toronto as well. I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? I think you're good. Okay. Yeah, David Brock going to Halifax makes them even stronger. Yes, uh, the Brockett ship, uh, or Mr. Delicious, as uh, our listener Violet likes to call him. I, I offered color analyst for the Thunderbirds, Patty Gregoire, superstar, 20 bucks if he uses Mr. Delicious on air for David Brock next season. Uh, Charlie Regrusa also bucked up and and threw in another 20. My old podcast partner, Evan Schemenauer, said he'd throw in some hair product. So I don't know if you want to get in on oh. this train or not, but uh, some 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 money being thrown around. If, if Pac Gregoire will use Mr. Delicious on air next season uh, when David Brock does something good. What do you think? Would you I do think it? You got- why not, right? Like somebody bet me last year I wouldn't say what a do baby for ten bucks on air and I did it. 
I, I managed to do it. Okay, let's continue on here with quick sticks. Uh, All talk, no action. Just came out uh, this week with yours truly, Brendan Glasheen, Brad Challoner, talking about who we think belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe I should get your take on this, uh, Ripper. Who, who do you think? I know Doyle, Grant, that's automatic central right there. Who do you think should be in the Hall of Fame besides those? Well, you mentioned uh, Junior right off the top, and I thought, obviously, you said that's a, that's a slam dunk. It's real tough. There's a lot of guys out there that I, people would be surprised that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I like Reggie Thorpe, to be totally honest. Okay. Um, how much he's done, you know, in his playing career, and then uh, he transitioned into the executive uh, position in a couple of teams, but he was, uh, you know, one of the American guys that really established himself um, and paved the way for uh, for future Americans. And a lot of guys out of Western New York followed his lead to the Nighthawks, and uh, I think he deserves some credit for that. Me too. Uh, I think Jake Berge, another guy from that kind of era that belongs. Yep. Uh, Sean Williams was my pick to get in. And uh, Casey Powell, another American guy that I think really – Mike Manley traded uh, to uh, – Ripper, I missed one, and it has to do with your team as the Riptide <laughs> getting some late-round picks here. Uh, Mike Manley to Rochester. I love Mike Manley. Uh, obviously, he was here before. He's a New York State trooper. Um, so this kind of brings him closer to home. He's, uh, his trooper station's not too far away from Rochester. Big, strong guy, uh, hails from Penyan, New York, uh, which is the home of uh, former Nighthawk Pat Kugavin. Oh. Uh, and I know that Mike, uh, Mike really uh, kind of tailored his game after Pat Kugavin. So it's great to have Mike back in the fold with us. Deep into the archives there with Pat Kugavin. Yeah, Man, that's going way back uh, there. WLA podcast coming out Wednesday, each and every Wednesday. Coquitlam Adnax are up this week. Uh, if you want to catch up to date on all things Western Lacrosse Association every Wednesday for the next uh, six weeks or so. So Coquitlam up this week. Check that out. Under Armour, I saw this out of lacrosse as far as making pads. Team 22, i got to assume that they're just going to join forces with gate lacrosse. So I think everybody up in a bit of a panic over not a whole lot here, uh, but just kind of interesting to see where this path takes us. I don't know if you need to comment on that really at all. Uh, Ontario junior a lacrosse, this coming across my news wire here. I think this, this is going to get, pretty messy in the coming months here. Ontario, I think all their members are leaving the Ontario Lacrosse Association. They're saying they're done. They're not playing under CLA or Ontario Lacrosse Association governing body anymore. I think the Junior A League wants to branch out on its own here. And I think we're going to start to see other provinces follow suit. This 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 could be the the landscape of summer lacrosse changing right before our eyes here. Yeah, that that would be very interesting to see, you know, how that all develops. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and it's and I think it's starting. Like I think what's going to happen, organizations like the OLA, BCLA, the ALA, I think are going to be designated for minor lacrosse, and I think that's kind of what they will govern. But you've seen the companies like Sean Evans Nationwide. Uh, TK and Junior got the Evolve. Snyder's got Elevate. There's more out here with uh, Tyler Pace's group. And the governing bodies of each province have no jurisdiction over these companies. They don't have any control with the way they run their programs or who signs up or insurance or anything like that. And now I think these other teams are starting to kind of see the light and saying, like, why are we – being restricted under these and they're just saying like we're going to start to do this thing on our own here so cla still controls the the man cup the mento cup president's cup all that but if nobody's playing for it then like i it's gonna things are about to change here and i I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out but it's going to be real interesting to watch uh speaking of watching mll over the weekend i don't know if you checked out any major league lacrosse over the weekend uh pll island coming up here in utah and you can bet on pro lacrosse now with DraftKings. i know a lot of people are jumping on this wagon yeah that'll be uh i saw some of the guys uh pushing that out when they signed their agreement 
um, that you could bet on on lacrosse. That'll be interesting. I mean, what has made um, a lot of people fans of football is fantasy football. I yeah. mean, there's there's people that would have never watched you know the second or third game on a on a Sunday, but because they've got the running back for the San Diego Chargers and they need 50 points to win, you know they're going to watch the game, and yeah. that that piques your interest. You learn the players, you get to draft, you feel like you're a GM. So. I think it's great, you know, and you can, you know, if you pick which team's going to win, who knows? You know, you may have uh, some experts losing the people because they like the team's colors or their mascot. It, it, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have to spend a ton. I just it makes the watching the game that much more interesting when you got a little something riding on it. Uh, they got the fantasy lacrosse now. They got the betting on lacrosse now. This is uh, this is really cool. They got a bracket. We got it all up at the Flash as well. If you want to join our fantasy league or our bracket, uh, lacrosseflash.com. Links will be there for that. Don't forget to check out the team store as well. All the merchandise and swag up there. I'm still uh, trying to get a hold of, of Miss Colleen Grimes. I know she's a big Rochester fan ripper. She's always down there watching the Nighthawks. Uh, she, yeah, she's in charge of the T-shirts at Lacrosse Flash, but she's not returning my text right now, so I don't know what's going on with that. But I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. Uh, last couple of things here on Quick Sticks before we get to under review. Emily Goss, I, I haven't done an Emily Goss update in quite some time and I don't know why but some and if you don't know who Emily Goss is Rip uh, daughter of um, Warren Goss who is the son of former Sandbelly legend well he's still a current Sandbelly legend Wayne Goss so Goss family very prominent New Westminster Sandbelly's all the rest of it Emily was hit by a drunk driver in in London and almost lost her life and has gone through substantial rehab for months and months and months, um, but now Emily, like she was expected to not even make it, and and now Emily, I've seen her walking around uh, Queens Park. She is posting on social media. This is just incredible to see how far she has come in her rehab. And I just wanted to give an update. She is doing better than ever, and the progress continues. I could not be more pleased to see it and and a lot of it has been the support that that the entire lacrosse community has given the Goss family over this last year or so so keep her going Emily on on your continued uh rehab there and the last thing I wanted to mention here before we get to under review is just the new followers that lax class has gotten over the last six eight months that's the number just keeps going up, and I just wanted to say thank you to, to everybody who has uh, made the jump over to Lacrosse Flash and resubscribed and continues to listen to the podcast and follows along on social media and has been voting on who you got, all the rest of it. I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, to new and existing followers alike, I think a lot of people have enjoyed this this co-host rotation, Rip, and, and you're a part of that, so thank you for doing this. and. Coming weeks, uh, I haven't told him yet, but I'm, I'm hoping Ryan Flaherty will join me next week and we'll have a Rush player on. And then the following week, she was busy next week, so I said, well, let's do it in two weeks. She said, okay, and Miss Devin Caney will join us in two weeks' time for episode 91, and we'll get a Philly wing on. And then, uh, and then I don't know what I'm going to do after that. So that's quick sticks. You got anything to add before we get to under review, Rip? No, it's been uh, – thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. No, the pleasure is all mine. Let's go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review, G. Wilson Construction – an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. Uh, I know Blair Wilson was tuned into the podcast on his way up to Kelowna last week. He was getting at me once he got up there asking me about all the matchups uh, coming up and who you got and who you should vote for and all the rest of it. So um, I know he's listening. And if you want to start a career in the construction business, go to gwilsonconstruction.com. Upload your resume. Put it on there. You you found out about it on Lacrosse Classified. Might get you a little foot inside the door there. Start your career building fine custom homes for G. Wilson 
construction under review this week, Rippin, and uh, the one transaction we did not mention in Quick Sticks was by design, and that was the Jordan Hall contract with the Georgia Swarm, and people seeing Jordan Hall turning down the franchise tag, kind of going, whoa, like, what's going on here? And you being now in, in the lacrosse operations side of things, I think you might even be able to do, to explain this better than I. Can you tell the listeners why Jordan Hall turned down the franchise tag? Well, I can't. Uh, I don't want to go inside of uh, Jordan. Well, uh, Jordan's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but yes. I, I know what you're saying. But, yes, you can, you can turn down um, the franchise tag and still sign with the same club. Um, for instance, if you made a certain amount of money and then, um, you re-sign for five or $6,000 more, that money does not, uh, go against the cap. So you're actually helping your team, uh, save money, but you're also getting a little bit of bump on your own. It, it's pretty much, it's a, it's a good way for a player to stay on a team, um, like Georgia, uh, that Jordan Hall feels probably has to run at another championship. I mean, he's, he's basically being a team guy, which is really what defines Jordan Hall. Yeah. We saw, we saw Mike Poulin do this with the swarm a couple of years ago. And essentially it's a bit of a, a loophole in the CBA that John Arlotta has managed to take advantage of a couple of times. It's, it's essentially a win-win situation for both guys, because uh, Jordan can make a little extra money. The Swarm can spend a little extra under the cap, and, and everybody is happy at the end of the day. So, essentially, that's why Jordan Hall turned down the franchise tag. You won't see everybody do it for whatever reason. Sometimes bonuses are involved in, in whatever. But for this scenario, don't worry. Jordan Hall isn't going anywhere. He'll be with the Swarm just under a different kind of a contract cap essentially so quick short under review this week don't panic swarm fans jordan hall will still be there just a bit of a team friendly deal so they can maybe go spend a little more money on free agency on some other players that was under review that was quarter three we are now about to take a quick break move into quarter four and play another round of Who You Got, brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear as round two is about to go when we return to episode 89 of Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Back on Lax Class, no more breaks. Uh, Don't forget, I didn't run it right there, but PVL.com, you need any supplements, all natural, informed choice certified, protein, pre-workout, carotene, whatever you need, PVL.com, use the promo code. Lacrosse Classified 20, you get 20% discount delivered right to your door. And you can't beat that. PVL.com, Lacrosse Classified 20, promo code. Stampede Tech and Western Wear sponsors who you got. And uh, like I mentioned here, stampede.ca, shopping online is still shopping local. Hop on the website, and uh, I'm telling you, they have things you would never expect a store like Stampede Tech and Western Wear to have. And they probably have things that you never knew you needed, but once you see them, you're going to, like, I want that. That's what happens when you go on that website. You go, like, oh, look at that. I want that. And then you end up buying stuff. So you want to spend some money? Stampede.ca. Shopping online is still shopping local. 32 men remain in the tournament here. And I just decided to take the top two fights off of each side, and I'm just going to work my way down the bracket on both sides here. I still haven't figured out. Uh, i got to, like, watch a YouTube video or something and figure out how to get this entire spreadsheet on so I can take, like, a picture of it and post it up because I haven't been able to <laughs> I'm not too good with the Excel ripper. So, anyways, uh, I picked four fights here. They're the top two fights on either side of the bracket. Let's get into this. Uh, where do I want to begin? Let's start with this one. Kyle McEwen, who got past Garrett Burnett in the round one. A bit of a surprise upset in, in round one for Q. But he gets through, and he's taking on Steve Priolo, who 
beat up Darren McEwen in round one. Kyle McEwen, Steve Priolo, Craig Rosinski, who you got? This is a real tough one. Uh, this is like the big heavyweight bout. Priolo, 6'5", and uh, McEwen, 6'3". They both fought Rory Smith in their career. Mm. Um, but I give a little bit of a slight edge to Steve Priolo. I am going to go Mr. Priolo myself here. I just think he's going to get the popularity vote more than anything. I think the Bandits, uh, Bandit Land there is going to get behind their captain. And Steve Priolo, I I think he's going deep into this tournament. His next matchup may be a real tough one, depending on who, who comes out on, on that side. Let's talk about it right now. I'm going Priolo too. But he will fight the winner of this next scrap. And holy cow, I would pay a lot of money to watch this fight. The surgeon, Timmy O'Brien, taking on the hammer, Mike Messenger. <laughs> Messenger O'Brien, Ripper, who you got? I got I to gotta go with my heart on this one. I'm a huge fan of uh, Tim O'Brien. Uh, having him start his career in Rochester, Um I've seen uh, why they call him the surgeon, so yes. I go with Timmy O'Brien. Yeah, man, this tough one for me. Tough one for me. I, I love, I love Mike. I, lo- I love both these guys, and I wish they could both advance into round three. I, I think Timmy maybe wins this fight, but I think Messenger is going to win this vote. Just rush nation. Yeah. Anything to do with <laughs> like they, they turn up in droves when it's time to vote for one of theirs. So I I think Timmy probably wins that fight just on pure technical skill. Like, Messenger's more of a brawler where Timmy would slice and dice you. So I'm, I think Timmy wins, but I'm going Messenger here because I think he wins the vote. Two down, two to go. Another two great fights to to match up here. Let's go with the bottom one here first. Rob Sato Williams, no longer on that roughneck bench for this uh, coming campaign. Still a scout with the riggers. Taking on a real tough customer in Miles General. Sato against General. Who you got? This is a real tough one as well. I would go with uh, Miles General. He is a nut bar. I think he wins this fight too. Yeah, like and, and and just so you know, they're they're like all all the fights are tough from here on out. Like there's no, oh yeah, that guy wins that matchup. So, I I think Miles gets past Sato here too. I think just on the on the lunatic factor alone, like I don't Miles struck me as a guy <laughs> that you you couldn't like you could punch him fifty times in the face and you couldn't hurt him. You know what I mean? Like he, one of those guys that just he'd be bleeding from the mouth, and he'd just smile at you, and then you're like, "Oh man, like yeah. I'm in trouble here." So I, I, good friend Rob Williams, but I'm going Miles General here to to take Sato out in round two. Last fight of the week to come. All these fights will be posted up on Twitter at Lax Class. Make sure you get on there and vote. For your man here, Andy Ogilvy going up against Matthew Beers here. Holy cow. Beers and Ogilvy, I who you got? Uh this one I've got uh, I've got Matt Beers. You wanna you wanna say why? Um any guy that'll fight Brody Merrill Brody Merrill, first yeah. of all. Yeah. Bob Brody what two years ago. Yeah. I know he fought Leah Geich. Yes, um, as well. He's fought a bunch of guys, man. Suter, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. No, he's uh, he's a big man. He's six three. He's got a big reach. So uh, I'd go with him, even though Andy Ogilvy, you know, like you said, it gets tough from here on out. And I know Ogilvy was a real tough customer as well. Yeah, so, uh, highly regarded as. Master. Yeah, highly regarded as the the heavyweight champ of the WLA for the better part of a decade. Uh, but you know, his NLEL years, he's maybe kind of past his prime fighting career, but man, I, I think you ask around, nobody wanted to tangle with 20. So I'm going to go, man, it's tough for me to do, but I'm going to go Andy Ogilvy here again. I think this might be a situation where beers gets the vote, but I think Ogie wins the fight, which is hard for me to say because I'm yeah. a huge fan of Matt beers, but I'm going to go Ogie on this one. We'll see how it plays out via Twitter. Those votes will go up uh, just after the show is released after noon Pacific time on every single Tuesday is when 
the podcast comes out. I think we are done here on episode 89 of the last class, man. Thanks for doing this again, Ripper. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Uh, thanks to Sean Evans for coming on the program as well to our fabulous sponsor, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and G. Wilson Construction, of course. To you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow along on social media, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class Twitter. I am at PXP, the number four Sports, PXP for sports. Uh, Craigie, where you're Craigie B. Is that is that right? Mine is uh, at Craig Rib. Craig Rib. There you go. Give give the Borelli. Yeah, give the 2020 Borelli winner a follow while you're at it. And uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday here on Lax Class for Craig Rosinski. I've been Jay Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator... Be safe and be healthy, everybody.